not a strain that makes me want to like organize my closet and fuck my husband and then get a good night's sleep. I like it. I want the, <laughs> the, the Mary Kondo <laughs> slash Mae West version of marijuana. Welcome to Two Hot Wives, a podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey, hotties. I'm Kat. And I'm Ams. And we're the two hot wives. Tonight, we're talking about cannabis. Can of what? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about cannabis. <gasps> do you mean the marijuana? I do. <gasps> I do. I know. We are being a little bit naughty. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> I am too. To talk I, about cannabis use. I really am too. We did a lot of research and I learned a lot just yeah. by the preliminary research that we've done. So... Yeah. I'm excited. You know, both of us have some limited experience mm-hmm. of exploring cannabis use. And I don't know about you, but I have definitely observed that it can be a very useful tool to increase pleasure during sex. I mean, Absolutely. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we figured we should come at this topic in a, a more informed responsible, responsible way. (laughs) And, you know, just a quick note before we really get into a lot of the details, we're not experts and we're not advocates and we're not doctors. So everything that we talk about today is based on pretty high level research and personal experience. So if this is something that you want to try, you want to play around with, if you especially are in a more vulnerable population when it comes to use and abuse disorders or lung disorders or anything like that, talk to your doctor, talk to a professional. That's not us. Right. (laughs) We are just two hot wives trying fun, (laughs) sexy things. Exactly. Okay, but before we really get into the details of cannabis use and sex, what are we drinking tonight, Kat? So tonight we are having this yummy apple cider with some honey whiskey and tawaka. It's so good. I'm calling it the honey vanilla cider. It is like a giant cozy sweater in a mug. Mm -hmm. It's very good. You know what I think it could use? Maybe next time, a little bit of whipped cream on top. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be yummy. With a little caramel drizzle. Ooh, even better. That sounds great. It's, Yum. I think sometimes we drink our desserts as opposed to eating the mm-hmm. dessert. And this is definitely a dessert cocktail. It is a dessert. It's for really sure. yummy. Maybe a little honey drizzle. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. I'll put the recipe on a social media and on our website. And with our cocktails. We need some hot tails. <gasps> Ams, what's your hot tail tonight? My hot tail has to do with newbie whispering. I feel like I found a little niche that makes me very happy. I love to mentor super sexy newbies. It's been such an evolution this year. I know. Because <laughs> that is not how you started out. You're right. You and said, I- and I quote, I hold dicks, not hands. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Turns out I can do both. It's oh, a good skill. <laughs> I have two hands. <laughs> you know, when 
Mr. Ams and I started with Lifestyle Stuff and we were newbies, we were all over the place. We tried all sorts of things. It was a very low hit rate, whether or not it was a really positive, sexy, fun experience. And I think when you get past that first year, you're like, oh, I can't deal with fucking newbie drama because you have just gotten over your own newbie drama. So we went through this sort of sophomore period where all we wanted to do was play with really experienced couples. And that's great, right? Like being with an experienced couple, they are much better at navigating new partners. They're better at communicating what they like. They're better at asking you what you like. There's no awkward transition. But the newbie long game is like really fun for me. Obviously, I enjoy giving people advice about lifestyle stuff, about sex stuff. So that's way in my wheelhouse. You like mentoring? I do. I love the opportunity to sit down with a couple who are just starting out on this journey and watch that evolution. Because one of the things that is missing from where I'm at is that butterflies in your stomach feeling of excitement that you get at the beginning. Like, I don't get that anymore. It's fun. It's comfortable. But like that, oh my God, what the fuck are we doing? It's gone. (laughs) But I can see it in newbies. I can see it with new couples. And I like to cultivate a feeling of normalcy. We are just totally normal people. And this is just our fun hobby. And we figured a few things out. Oh, yeah. That we could pass on, you know? (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Clearly, we figured a lot of shit out. But it can't be just any newbie. They have to be really (laughs) fucking hot to make it worth it. Because I'm not going to sleep with them on the first date or even the second or even the second right because I want them to evolve in their journey before I actually go and play with them but to like hear their stories and have them report back and once they've had maybe like 10 play experiences under their belt then they can call me and we can set up a play date 10 is a lot you're right but I will just witness and mentor for the first 10 mistakes that they make and then like swoop in and spoil them Save the day from all other (laughs) future experiences. And it sounds like a cult. (laughs) You're just like reeling them in. (laughs) There's a lot of things that appeal to me about a cult. I had a relatively recent experience with a new couple. It was actually a PCAP, and it was a couple that you know pretty well, I know pretty well. And we were sitting in a cabana. Actually, Mr. Ams and I were in the cabana doing work and people were coming to visit us as they were coming in for a podcast of Palooza. And we were sitting there with Kate from Wanderlust Swinger Podcast and the couple that are local to us who had just arrived. And we're talking really high level cerebral stuff about sex. And I kind of got on my soapbox and I was like, one of my mantras is it's just sex. If you can take the stakes down on the sexual experience and just enjoy it for what it is and not assume that you have to fall in love with someone who you have sex with or they're going to fall in love with you or if it's a terrible experience, it's going to just ruin you for the rest of your life or it's got to be a mind-blowing experience. Just take down the drama. You can enjoy the experience for what it is. And have a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. So apparently... This message really resonated with them because they were kind of toe in the water at the time. They completely soft swap and had not had a ton of experiences, but we were planning on having dinner with them. It was either that night or the night after. 
So we went, we had dinner, we got together with him and they told me, we thought a lot about what you said and we agree. It's just sex. So we've decided we're a situational couple. We're a situational full swap couple. And Mr. Amps is like, is this a situation? <laughs> like, let's just be clear. What's, right. what's happening tonight? And they're like, yeah, we, we want to we we do the full sex. We want to go all the way with you. <laughs> and I later found out that for this couple, for him, this was only the second woman that he had had. You I, were yes, only the second I woman? I was only the second woman that he had had penetrative sex with. Yes. Wow. Yes. As a longtime married couple. They're, married young. That's a lot of responsibility, I, You know, I've, yeah. I kind and of, you said, it's just sex. And I said, it's, like, it's just <laughs> sex. It's just sex. It's just, it's just casual, you yeah. know. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it off that pedestal and let's just. That's right. Take the pussy oh, off the pedestal. Damn. But yeah, I was like on the second rung of the pedestal. What do they call that in the Olympics? I was number two. Yay. <laughs> Silver. Silver medalist. Silver. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we, we invited them over to our hotel room and this couple is very smart, very cerebral. He's super into music. And so I had, I, I think I had the hot list playing and we had brought galaxy lights to shine over the bed. And <laughs> the funny, ironic part is he started kind of quoting me to me oh, God. from the podcast. And he's like, you know, use your motherfucking words. Tell me what you want. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. I hate doing it now. <laughs> when we're sitting at dinner. You could ask me all those questions. But oh, all, that's right. In yeah, the moment, you're all, not you're not into the talking when you're actually getting down to business. No, I should just write a pamphlet and hand it. <laughs> Maybe we should just tattoo it on your stomach. That's an idea. Just right on the ribs. That'd be sexy. But, you know, he was very passionate, kissing me very deeply. And, you know, we're on the side of the bed and he uh, he he grabbed me under the the butt. Right. Under the tuchus and (laughs) and kind of threw me on the bed. And, you know, I'm not a small girl and he's not a super tall guy but he's very very strong, he's strong super strong and at one point i'm laying on the bed and i think he was on his knees and he kind of grabbed me under the butt and he was using his arms to move me up and down his shaft and i was like wow you've got some wow. really strong biceps that <laughs> You're like, have to get this weight up and down. Like It was like he just had that burst of superhuman strength. That's you know? right. It's like lifting the car off the baby. Right, right. It's like, this is my second time ever. <laughs> Woo-hoo, I'm going to make it awesome. <laughs> but I felt very honored. I felt Aww. honored that they trusted us enough to take them over this the hump. threshold. Yeah, this this the hump. <laughs> To do the hump, to go over the hump. Yeah. And I could see that it was a huge shift in what was happening in their journey, like this big step that we helped them take. And mm-hmm. it was really positive. Like they went off. Now they are like super slutty in the best possible <laughs> way. That's great. But I feel like up until that point, it was like a watershed moment for them. And, you know, to be part of that big change was like, hugely, I feel hugely, hugely honored. Plus they're super damn sexy. Mm -hmm. And I've never had that move before this, like lifting me up and holding, you know, Mm -hmm. holding my butt. And you weren't against a wall or anything. No, (laughs) 
I feel like I'm not doing this story justice. <laughs> it was hot. I mean, it was really fun. It was were your very- arms around his neck or were they back on no, the No, my legs were up on his shoulders. His legs were up on his shoulders. And we're connected. He's inside me, right? Mm-hmm. And his hands are holding me up, like holding a whole lower half of my body up and lifting me up and down on him. I think you're going to have to make an illustration for us to, to put that. on the website because I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> I am trying to visualize that in my head. And it was, he had the longest penis ever. <laughs> I was laying. So your legs were not, your, your knees weren't up over your, his shoulders. Your legs were Kind of resting up against his shoulders and we're connected and he's on his knees and his hands are underneath supporting my butt, like lifting me up and down. It was really strong and there was nothing I could do to kind of help because I'm laying prone, but it was hot. The play was very separate. You know, the play I was having was very passionate and sensual and like Mm -hmm. lots of eye contact and kissing, which was lovely. And then I kind of checked in with Mr. Ams afterwards. He's like, yeah, there was none of that. It was all just like primal fucking. (laughs) Cool. I didn't even notice. (laughs) I'm so glad that, and that's cool, right? That we can have these very different experiences on the same bed. It was really fun. And then afterwards, because he's a, a super audiophile music buff, I put on Debussy and we're listening to just like this beautiful classic music and the the galaxy lights are kind of sparkling up above us and we're all cuddling together. And it was just this nice afterglow wow. moment. It was great. And it, it felt significant. Cool. Even though the whole thing started from me saying it's just sex. Just sex. The event felt really significant. So it was cool. awesome. It was great. Yeah, that's that's my hot deal. That's pretty hot. <laughs> it was awesome. So if there's any super fucking hot newbies out there who are looking to play the long game. Oh, now we're going to get a, a lot message. of good You're emails. Right. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about cannabis. And we're back talking about cannabis. Kat, why are we talking about sex and cannabis use? Well, I think it fits with us trying to broaden our opinions and our our look at things that have traditionally been a no-go. Stigmatized. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Marijuana use, cannabis use has a lot of stigma attached to it. And let's bust that open a little bit and take another look at it and be more open-minded about it. I also think that our attitudes towards cannabis are very hypocritical. Hmm. I kind of feel like the powers that be, the ones in charge said, well, we're going to make our drug of choice legal and to hell with everything else. So alcohol, of course, is legal, much worse for you than cannabis. No real medical purpose I don't think for alcohol. Well, for you know, alcohol. it disinfects, Okay, <laughs> but you're not supposed to ingest it for no. that reason. No. That's right. That's so, right. you know, it seems like they just, they made what they like mm-hmm. legal and closed the door to everything else. And yeah. it feels very hypocritical. To yeah. Me. Well, yeah, let's, let's break that down even further, right? What is a drug? A drug is anything that has a physiological impact on the body. So alcohol is certainly a drug. Caffeine is a drug. There's all sorts of things that we ingest 
that is totally socially acceptable. And you're right. Cannabis has kind of been singled out since 1970 as a schedule one drug. Maybe that's because of the sixties. It was all young people doing it. I mean, if you look at like the media of the time, right, they're all like dancing around and being, being crazy. And maybe they just decided we can't have this. We can't have people having fun. That's right. (laughs) This is drug of choice for dirty hippies. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about the differences between cannabis and alcohol use. Cause I think, again, this is an opinion, but Mm -hmm. I think that cannabis use versus alcohol use, there's a lot to be said for exploring cannabis use over alcohol use. You don't get a hangover if you're using cannabis. It doesn't have negative impact on your liver. Correct. It doesn't create physical dependencies. So alcohol use, opiate use, can result in physical dependencies. Mm -hmm. There can be psychological dependencies associated with cannabis use, but it does not appear to create a physiological dependence in the same way that some other drugs, including alcohol, can impact your body. It doesn't tend to make people super angry or violent, and alcohol use can certainly for some people, trigger some violent tendencies, some angry tendencies. And, you know, there's never been a reported case of cannabis overdose. I don't think anybody's ever died of cannabis overdose. I did read in some of the studies that, you know, people can end up in the emergency room because of cannabis use, cannabis exposure, but I don't think it'll kill you as far as, again- But alcohol is just pure poison. I like it, but- It's fun. You can definitely die from drinking too much alcohol. Absolutely. And people do every single year. But one of the major benefits that I think you and I have both observed is that cannabis can be a pretty effective aphrodisiac. What is the true definition of an aphrodisiac? That's a good question. And I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I know that for me personally, It's getting in the right physical and mental space to want to have sex. And I think it's both of those things. So I have used cannabis and felt physical arousal. Mm -hmm. Plus, I find that it helps reduce anxiety and stress and all those things that are just constantly running around in my head. All the breaks. Yes, that's right. To use Emily Nagoski's words, it kind of helps ease up on those breaks that keep you from wanting to have a sexual experience. Right. And there aren't really that many legitimate aphrodisiacs out there. I like oysters. I've never wanted to (laughs) go fuck Mr. Ams in the bathroom after After eating eating a dozen oysters. (laughs) Me either. It doesn't have that impact. Whereas, you know, smoking cannabis does. Absolutely. It gets me kind of horny, like immediately. Yeah, me too. All right. So cannabis basics for those who know nothing about marijuana use, cannabis use. What are some of the basics that everybody should know? So cannabis is made of cannabinoids and terpenes. Cannabinoids are like your THC and your CBD, right? THC gets you high, whereas CBD is not intoxicating. Okay. And we have all of these receptors in our bodies, these neurocannabinoid receptors. And so the THC fits nicely into the receptor, but the CBD, it doesn't fit the same way. So it kind of blocks it. So a lot of cannabis products have a little bit of both. Terpenes are the part of the cannabis that that gives it the, the scent. Okay. Okay. And there are hundreds of terpenes found in trace amounts. 
in cannabis. I wonder if that's like wine tasting. I detect a note of lychee and oak and... (laughs) I don't know, dog shit, whatever (laughs) smell in wine. Is it terpenes is different scent components, different Mm -hmm. scent molecules. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And how cannabis affects you is different for everybody. And there's a lot of things that it depends on. It depends on body chemistry, the type of strain that you're using, how much you use, the method that you take it in. What are some of the different methods that you can ingest? You can smoke it. Sure. You can eat it. There's edibles, you know, there's something called tincture, which Uh is like a drops you can put under your tongue. And interesting, you can make your own gummies from using the tincture. Okay. So I got kind of interested in that because you can also make cocktails. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's mix alcohol and cannabis. And cannabis, right? That's two depressants together. Sometimes you have to be super careful doing that. Well, and smoking it does give it some of the negative effects that we could worry about, right? Like smoking it, inhaling it has an effect on your lungs and on your heart. So people vaporize it, which is a little bit better, which means it sort of goes through the water. Like a, well, that's like a, a bomb water bomb. Or a water I pipe. thought of vape. Wait a second. Well, vaporizing. I think a vape basically nope, you're right. bakes it, essentially. Or oh, no, it has to be it has to be heated in order for it to work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you took like regular just flour and just ate it, it wouldn't do anything because you have to decarboxylize it for it to have any release of those properties. Those impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think what a vape does is it heats it up without burning it. So it vaporizes all of those different components and you're inhaling it, but you're not burning it in the same way that you would if you're using a bong or something where you're burning the flower. A vape is... Well, a vape is generally used with a liquid form. You're right though. It is heating it up, not burning it. More it's supposed stuff. to be better for you. Yeah. What are some of the basic components? Well, there's different strains, right? And the strains are just the variations of the plant, kind of like apples, right? You have Red Delicious, Granny Smith, Gala, all these different kinds of apples. You have different kinds of cannabis. Is that like a branding thing or is there something that is, I don't know, consistent in the industry? You know, there's not a lot of consistency in the industry. From what I found from the research is that I think they're trying to be more consistent, but depending on where you get it, there's no regulation. So someone can call something blue dream and it's not actually blue dream. It might be something a little bit different. So I think trying to find a reputable dispensary that's actually checking on the products to make sure they're coming from where they say and are what they say they are is probably difficult, but that's it. There's no real regulation on it. So you can be getting what you think you're getting or maybe not. I'm not really sure. But so when you go to a dispensary and you're buying flour or you're Mm -hmm. buying a vape pen or something, what are some of the metrics, measurements that they're going to tell you about the product? It's milligrams. Milligrams of of what? THC versus CBD. Okay. You know what? Hold please. I have a packet flower in this room right now. All right. Let's see what's on the packet. Let's see what's on I'm the like package. I'm like curious. What... I think that's a great idea. All right. Hold on one sec. One for you. Oh. One for me. This one says insane. <laughs> okay. Oh so what are we looking at? Oh, this type is so small. I can't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> they need a lot of 
<laughs> large format branding for those of us Holy over my. 40. Okay. So this is a packet of the brand is insane <laughs> premium cannabis. It's an eighth of an ounce of flour. What does it have on the back? So this one doesn't tell you anything Mm-mm. about the product. No. And that's really with edibles. So when we're talking about dosing, it's harder to dose with smoking it. And what you do is you take a puff, a small puff, and you wait a couple minutes and see how you feel. Yeah. And you can take a little more or not, but it's not an exact amount, right? But it happens quickly. With smoking it, you get high quicker. And so you know how much you've had. You can sort of feel that sweet spot, right? With edibles, it takes longer for you to feel high, but the high can be more intense. It has to go through the digestive system and through the liver, and it has to be absorbed by the body, and then it's in your bloodstream. So there's a lot of things for it to go through before you're going to feel that. And so if you wait only, you know, 20 minutes, you don't feel anything, then you take more. Boom, it's going to all hit you all at once. And it could be a really unpleasant experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> like if you took true. three or four of them all at once without knowing, that would be bad. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's why, like, if you have it in a candy form, like gummy bears or something like that, I would definitely keep it in a bag marked, mm-hmm. you know, THC gummies. Not to be confused with anything else that you might have in the house. I mean, yeah, public service announcement. I would definitely keep your edibles not in your pantry, not next to your snacks, your kids' snacks. Like some of them are very good. You cannot tell, you know, they don't smell skunky, weedy, and you could easily mistake or have way more of an edible than what you intended to have and Mm -hmm. not know it for an hour. So Mm -hmm. yeah, be careful personal experience, personal recommendation would be to stick to vaping or smoking flour, at least at first to see how your body responds. Well, and vaping is very popular, especially with new people, because it is easy to conceal. It's not messy. It's easy to just stick it in your purse or wherever, you know, it's not smelly. It's simple and it's really easy to use. And it's going to be the same. Like you don't have to roll it. You don't have Mm -hmm. to put it in a pipe. You don't have to be messy with it. It's just simple. It's a game changer. Yeah, I really do for my, you know, personal use. I like the simplicity of a vape pen and how controllable it is. I think a lot of people have a misconception that when you use cannabis, you're tripping balls and completely unable to have a coherent conversation, unable to do anything. And I certainly wouldn't drive or operate heavy machinery when I've consumed (laughs) cannabis. But if you're using a vape pen and you're using a product that's low THC, you can have a hit and it feels like the equivalent of having a half a glass of wine. It does not have to be super intoxicating. Well, and here's something that I didn't know. If you've never, ever, ever tried cannabis before, your neurocannabinoid receptors might not be sort of turned on for this. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people will say they tried cannabis and they didn't feel anything. I've heard that. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. It might take two or even three times of you trying it for you to actually feel those effects because your neurocannabinoid, say that three times fast. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Your neurocannabinoid system is not really like turned on. Interesting. And I've definitely heard that from people Mm -hmm. before. And I always think when I've heard that, really? (laughs) 
You didn't but inhale it's or whatever true. it is. That's good to know. It's true. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a little careful that first time, especially if you're doing an edible, you don't feel it. And then boom, you feel it really big time. So start slow, baby mm-hmm. steps. That's the key to edibles. Go slow. Yeah. Okay. So quick note regarding cannabis and legality. Oh, yes. That's important. It is. First off, under federal law, Cannabis is still illegal. Mm-hmm. It is a Schedule One drug, which means it cannot be used for any purpose, having high potential for abuse and no accepted medical use. Everybody knows at this point that that is not true, but that is how it's classified under federal law. But in 2013, the federal government made it clear that they would not sue to block state laws that legalize cannabis so long as states were putting reasonable regulations in place. So they had, you know, something to protect against underage sales, interstate trafficking, ancillary crimes like gang crimes, that sort of thing. And really from that point on, a lot of states decided, you know, if we just legalize this and tax it, we can make a shit ton of money. Why wouldn't we do this? And so really, it's the last eight years or so that a ton of states have decided to legalize marijuana use for medicinal purposes and also for recreational purposes. So there are some side effects to smoking and vaping, just like any inhalant. It can be irritating to the lungs. It can result in lung damage, bronchitis, that sort of thing. And for a small portion of the population who is susceptible to mental health issues, especially if there's a genetic component, there are some studies that indicate an increase in schizophrenia from adolescent use of Mm. marijuana. So something to be very careful about. And of course, we are only talking about adult responsible use. Kids, stay away from drugs. What the fuck are you doing listening to the podcast anyway? (laughs) This is for grownups. This is for (laughs) grownups. In your 20s, you're supposed to be getting your shit together. So I would shy away from using it a lot in those years. And I know that's everybody who's like probably pretty into it, but I would be careful. Maybe just watch yourself not to overuse because it it is the same as if you were an alcoholic, would you drink alcohol every single day? That's dangerous too. I think all things in moderation, mind altering drug. Look, I don't think there are good studies on the impact that marijuana use has on adolescents because you can't create a controlled study from it. But I definitely think, you know, empirically kids' brains are developing into their mid twenties. So with any mood altering substance, I think it is best to exercise caution. But you know what? We're in our 40s. Well, and that's (laughs) jump forward. We've got our shit together. That's right. right? We've got kids. Kids are off doing their thing. We're in a phase in our lives where we're already there. So now to have some fun recreationally totally makes sense. And for me, I can't do it every day for sure. But it's, it's become sort of that shifting gears kind of thing. I pay my mortgage. I pay my taxes. If I'm going to smoke cannabis and have sex with my husband on a Wednesday night and I don't have to drive anywhere and I don't have to 
operate a front end loader, then like I should be able to totally do makes that. sense. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make me fat and it doesn't have calories. And <laughs> well, it can make you fat if you get the munchies. Oh yeah. So I you have do, to be careful about that. I wish that different brands and strains were labeled whether or not they give you the munchies because it can be a huge problem. Do you think there are some that don't? I don't think any of them label. Oh, do I think that any of the the strains don't give you the munchies? Right. I have to think that you can maximize. Some of the brightest minds in the world are working toward making cannabis strains really amazing. So yes, I bet that there are products out there that are are more like appetite suppressant or they don't give you the munchies. They've got to be out there. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want a strain that makes me want to like, organize my closet Marie Kondo style and fuck my husband and then get a good night's sleep. That's what I would like. That would be the perfect Wednesday night strain. I like it. I I think we should make a request. Yeah. I want to look for that. I want that (laughs) the Marie Kondo (laughs) (laughs) slash Mae West version of marijuana. (laughs) Okay. Which brings us to marijuana as an aphrodisiac, right? Right. How how can you utilize cannabis use for the purpose of making your sex life better? I think we're just touching the tip of the iceberg on this issue. And we did have an opportunity to talk with a phenomenal sexpert. A canisexual. The canisexual, Ashley Manta. She is an award-winning sex educator and coach and author and has become like this huge authority on mindfully combining sex and cannabis. And her brand is Canisexual. We had a chance to talk with her. She has also written a book about sex and cannabis. So let's bring her into the conversation and hear what Ashley has to say. Today, we're talking to Ashley Manta about cannabis and sex. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. So, Ashley, how does cannabis lead to positive changes in sexual function? That's a great question. What I have found and and many have shared with me over the years that I've been doing this is that cannabis can really help address the things that are getting in the way of pleasure, connection, and intimacy. It's not in itself an aphrodisiac. It's not an instant horny magical substance. It's something that helps with the barriers, things like pain or feeling worried or stressed or disconnected from your body. It kind of helps you really tap into your sensuality and presence. That's something we talk about a lot is switching gears, you know, Mm -hmm. going from being in mommy zone or, or sort of adult work craziness to like feeling sexy and feeling like you want to have sex. Yeah. Yeah. Plus all the sexual breaks that exist in, in a woman's everyday life, whether it's motherhood or jobs or, you know, it is really hard to put that out of your mind. So that's cool that cannabis can help with that. Is there a lot of research that's happened in this space about sex and cannabis? 
There is a fair bit of research at this point, and there's a lot of other research that's not specifically about sex that we have extrapolated to, well, okay, if it means this for that, then what would that mean in a sexual context? It's a little hard to get funding for studying cannabis and sex, like cannabis generally, but especially as it relates to sex. They're like, you know, we think we'd rather give that money to cannabis and mm, cancer. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's, we have a lot of anecdotal data and we have a lot of survey-based science. Mm. So, you know, you ask 6,000 people, how was your experience using cannabis? And so it's self-reported data, which you always have to kind of read with a grain of salt, but it gives us some at least strong hypotheses about how cannabis and sex work together. So what have some of the results been? What have people told you or, or in these surveys, what have they said? overwhelmingly positive things about how cannabis impacts their sexual experience. Accessibility of orgasm seems to go up by quite a lot. Interest in sex goes up by quite a lot. Enjoyment of sex goes up quite a lot. And feeling connected with one's partner. So all of those things are are positive markers. Does it change the intensity of the orgasm? Does it change the orgasm itself? For some people, and depending on what they're using, but absolutely in some cases, people have said that their orgasms are more transcendent, they're more full body, there's a huge intensity shift or sensation shift, and that's pretty cool. I've certainly experienced that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. The better. And confirm. Yeah. God, we love good orgasms. We do. (laughs) Me too. Are the results similar in men? Have you done much study? you know, with men and cannabis? Um, There are some studies out there about men and cannabis. A lot of the questions to no one's surprise are around like, what's it going to do to my erection? Because obviously that's the most important thing ever. (laughs) Well, to them, I think it is. It's not. It's it's not. I'm being facetious. It's actually, you can have great sex without an erection. Preach, girl. That's right. right. In fact, arguably, it might even be better if that's not the focal point of the experience. But I digress. Um, Most male-identified folks who respond to these surveys do say that it enhances their enjoyment of sex. And the results are mixed in terms of how it affects erections. Some people say it's like a magical pill. Some people say it's kind of like whiskey dick. So your (laughs) mileage may vary. Try it on your own and see how that goes. What about for women in particular? Do studies draw a line between how it impacts men versus women? Does it seem to have more or less positive impact on women? So estrogen is a THC modulator. So cannabis tends to have more of an effect on estrogen dominant bodies is what they've seen in the science. So interestingly, after menopause, when the estrogen levels drop, a lot of women find that their tolerance goes up. Hmm. Interesting. So that's kind of a cool facet, but people love to to differentiate along the gender binary. But I find that like, rather than trying to make sweeping generalizations, it's really important for people to just figure out what works for them. Because, you know, I've read lots of scientific studies that say I should feel a certain way. And I'm like, I don't feel like that, but if I kind of go in being like, let's see what my body does and how it responds. That's the most relevant data to you anyway. That's a good point. And I mean, even when you talk about targeting hormones men have estrogen mm-hmm. as well, it's not exclusive to women. So it might have that impact. Mm-hmm. So in terms of different ways that people can consume cannabis, vaping, smoking, edibles, even suppositories, right? Is there a way that you recommend people try if their goal is to enhance their sexual experience? 
Well, the cool thing about cannabis is that it really is able to be customized to the user's needs. You don't have to be high to enjoy the benefits of cannabis. And I think that's a really important distinction why some people are like, oh, I only do CBD. I don't like being high. And it's like, well, that's that's cool. But CBD isn't like that effective at very much. <laughs> it's gotten a lot of hype because it doesn't get you high. And, and there's a lot of placebo effect. But like that little five milligram gummy is just not doing a whole lot for you. I hate to tell you. But for new users, I think I like topicals the best. It's a very easy, accessible way to use it, certainly for people with vulvas, women, so that you can apply it directly to the vulva, to the clit, to the vaginal openings, the labia, let it soak in like a marinade, and then you will feel very localized impact on sensation, on pain reduction, if that's a thing for you. A lot of people have reported orgasmic capacity being enhanced. And if you are comfortable being intoxicated, inhalation is the most direct route for that. It comes on the fastest and you can modulate pretty well, like take a hit, wait 15 minutes, see how you feel, and then take another hit as opposed to an edible, which I don't recommend because... raise your hand if you have that edible story where you took one, didn't feel anything, and a half an hour later took more, and two hours after that started regretting all of your life choices in order. (laughs) Everybody's raising their hand. Right? Right? Everyone's been there. And that is the problem with edibles because people so easily overestimate what they need to take. They don't wait long enough before they take more. Edible high is also different than a smoking high because in your gut, in your liver, and and as it goes through your kidneys, the Delta 9 changes to something called 11-hydroxy, which is a very body-heavy cannabinoid. And so it's going to hit you differently, and it lasts so much longer than smoking, which is, you know, you're generally not high anymore after two, three hours. Edibles are like seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. You basically give up your whole day. Oh my. Right. Oh my gosh. So so tell me more about topicals because I have no familiarity with that. Is that something that you can use in conjunction with oral sex? Is it going to get in the way of oral sex? Is your partner's tongue going to go numb? Like how does it impact Mm. different sex activities? Well, uh, their tongue will not go numb, but (laughs) it is possible that your pussy could get them high. Okay. Wow. Because quite an amazing thing, right? (laughs) Right? When you apply THC to an area and lick it off, that area is now an edible. So I got someone high with my pussy, (laughs) right? There is some swagger in that. (laughs) But generally, if you wait the prescribed amount of time, at least 15 to 20 minutes, even up to 45 minutes after you apply the topical, you might taste a little bit weedy, but otherwise they shouldn't get obliterated. So it doesn't have a strong taste. Most of the products have some kind of added scent or flavor or they know no less is more um I find anything I'm putting on my vulva I want to have as few ingredients as possible like I want the organic free range shit and so most THC oils will just have coconut oil and cannabis oil and that's it And that's really what you want to look for. The thing to keep in mind is if you are using latex barriers, if you use oil, those two things are not friends. So you want to do that with a partner that you're either using no barriers with or things like nitrile or polyurethane, which are oil friendly. Yes, that's a very good point. I had a question about sexual trauma and use of cannabis. How does that impact those who have suffered with, you know, sexual traumas? Maybe they have pain during sex or they have Mm -hmm. a problem, you know, just relaxing and and enjoying that. Is there any study or anything that shows that this can help with those things? There have not been studies that I'm aware of. However, 
I myself am a trauma survivor. And that was originally what brought me to cannabis was I was having pain with penetration and using a THC topical allowed me to have penetrative sex for the first time in my life since my trauma. So that was a huge game changer for me. And I didn't hear of anyone at the time. This was back in 2014 ish. No one was really talking about that, especially that aspect of it. Like there were some kind of conversations about stone sex and it was very Cosmo. But like (laughs) nobody was talking about consent. Nobody was talking about queerness. Nobody was talking about trauma. And so when I started in this, this world, I wanted to really bring that to the forefront. And the more I talk about it, the more people have been like, yeah, that really helped me with pain with penetration. Yeah. That like as a trauma survivor, it helped me feel in my body again when I was feeling disconnected. Now the caveat to all of that is everyone is different. If you are a trauma survivor, like be so patient with yourself, being in a situation where you feel safe is like the most important thing. And also getting therapeutic support for working on your healing journey. Like cannabis is not going to cure your trauma. That's not how that works, but it is a useful tool to have as part of your overall, you know, healing toolkit. I love that. So for anybody who wants to explore cannabis use to enhance their sexual experience, what would be some of your sort of best practice recommendations for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. So I really like to start with masturbation. Mm. First and always, my mentor, Betty Dodson, was the mother of masturbation and she smoked cannabis pretty much every day of her life and and swore by it until the day she died at 91. So, and she was a champion of using cannabis with masturbation and I have seen that also to be true in my own life and and in clients I've worked with and workshops I've taught that trying it on your own, noticing how it impacts your body, getting a real sense of this is what my sensations are doing. This is what my attention is doing. This is what my orgasm and my pleasure are doing. And then either writing it down physically because cannabis is also not great for short-term memory, if anyone's (laughs) noticed. Uh, Or if you happen to be just like that awesome Virgo brain, keeping mental notes and be like, okay, so this, I did this much of it. And this is what it did for me in my body. So that when I am in a partnered situation, I can remember that this worked for me as opposed to, I smoked this and then I watched seven hours of Lucifer and then I went to sleep. That may not be like your date night recipe. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. (laughs) I hadn't even thought about just starting with With masturbation. masturbation. That makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. And for people who want to work with someone to choose the best product for what they're looking for, what are some good resources to find out more information and to potentially work with someone specifically and find something that works best for you? So there are some really fantastic healthcare providers, the Cannabis Nurse Network, does consultations with clients, patients who are looking for choosing the right cannabis products and regimen to help with their concern. There are doctors who do the same thing. My colleague, Dr. Jordan Tischler, who's a Harvard MD, has a practice in Boston called Inhale MD, and he actually does one-on-one consultations with patients. Now that's more for a medical bent in terms of like 
can you call somebody up and be like, hey, so I want to get laid and which strain is going to be best for me? Anything that anyone tells you is going to be complete bullshit. I'm just here to, <laughs> I'm here to tell you. People are like, oh, do people like come to you looking for the best, like how to use cannabis in their sex lives? And I'm like, no, not one single person ever has paid me for that, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, even if they wanted to, and if you have, I turn them down because I can't tell you what's going to work for you. Like, that's a completely, that is, I am trying to read your palm right now. Like that's about as accurate as you can get. So I try to put the onus and the ownership of that exploration onto the person who's curious. Like I will tell you some helpful hints. I'll give you some ideas of like, start with a gram of some kind of flower and vape the flower and and put yourself in like a a good environment, have some music, have some incense, maybe have some lighting that looks pretty, set yourself up with sexy vibes. Like I'll set you up for success, but I can't tell you what's going to be the best. I'll tell you what works for me. I'll tell you what works for like other people I've heard from, but like, I can't guarantee your results. And people in our society, which like, they're so craving that magic solution. Like everybody wants the magic pill that if I just do this, then everything will be fine. And I really want to resist that, like feeding into that and just being like, you know what, let's, let's empower you to do some research and see what happens in your own body. Because that's really the only way that change and discovery happen is through like, you got to kind of put in the legwork. Right. (laughs) Sure. But I got to say, you know, the number of products that are out there now for sort of general consumption and the number of strains and the number of brands that it's like overwhelming. Is there a good place to start? You know, you mentioned um, different cannabinoids. 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 Say that three times. Cannabinoids, cannabinoids, cannabinoids. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Is there, (laughs) are there some, some strains that are specifically bred with like sexual exploration in mind, or is there, you know, something, some good place for people to start? Or is it because when I was in Las Vegas, I went to like one of the biggest dispensaries available and it's like going to Costco, except you're not allowed to go you know, <laughs> run it the shelves. They you can't sample for you. No, there's no yeah, samples. There's no samples. No. There, and there are no meatballs. It was very sad, but there was great <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> but, you know, the menu was hundreds of items long. So you mentioned starting with a small amount of flour and vaping mm-hmm. that, but any other sort of places to start for someone who's feeling absolutely overwhelmed by the number <laughs> of products out there? It's hard. It's really like you're starting any new hobby, right? Like when you first walk in, if you're a horseback rider, I ride horses. So like when you walk into a tack shop the first time, there's 50 different bits and like 20 different saddles. And you're like, how do I like what? And I will make recommendations like, okay, you're going to probably want something that doesn't have 30% THC. You don't need that much. Like 15 to 20% THC is plenty. If you know that you tend to respond positively to certain scents, the terpenes of the plant actually tend to modulate the effects more than the strain name or indica sativa, which is complete bullshit. How something smells to you. If you generally find that like lemony kind of scents are like energizing and euphoric for you, you might want to pick something that has some lemon, limonene terpene in it. If you are looking for more calm and relaxed linalool, which is what makes lavender smell like it does, is a terpene. You got to do some research, like just walking into a dispensary and being like, hello, Mr. Minimum Wage Bud Tender. Could you please be my pharmacist, therapist, product specialist and salesperson all at the same time? Okay, thanks. Like, (laughs) 
that would be like going to Starbucks and being like, so Mr. Barista, Ms. Barista, what's the best coffee you have? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't fucking know. Like, just make an order. Like, what, what will I like? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What will I like? <laughs> so some of it is kind of doing a little bit of like leafly.com is a really great resource. There is information out there. High Times has articles. Mary Jane has articles. And you know, do a little bit of research and the information is out there, but walking into a dispensary and just hoping that the random person behind the counter is going to be able to give you like meaningful recommendations. Uh, not going to happen. Good not going to go so well for you. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> well, I think we have a lot of research to do. Oh my gosh. So much research to do. <laughs> so Ashley, this has been amazing. And I'm sure our listeners are going to have so many questions for you. Where do they find you? What do you have going on in your life? And please, please, please tell us about your book. Yes, absolutely. So uh, for those who are curious about the entree into sex and cannabis, I wrote a book called The CBD Solution, Sex. I did not pick the title. I would not have chosen that title personally, but Mary Jane, who hired me to write the book, was like, that's the title. And I was like, well, all right then. (laughs) Uh, I really strive in the book to bring in all of the other cannabinoids, not just CBD. So don't let the title fool you. But that is available on Amazon. And you can also get it at Urban Outfitters. I have a podcast called Elevated Intimacy, where we put out new episodes most weeks. I'm not going to say every week, but most weeks there is a new episode. I can be found on my website, which is canasexual.com or on Instagram at canasexual. And my most exciting offering, the thing that I'm really proud of and, and dedicating most of my energy to at this point is my online sex magic and empowerment soul level transformation intensive called Activating Your Cosmic Pussy. Wow. (laughs) It is for women, people with vulvas and people who are comfortable being referred to as sisters, goddesses, and, and queens. And it is all about learning to own your desires, to release limiting beliefs, to stand in your truth and speak it with, with boldness and without shame and to connect with like-minded women who maybe have always kind of felt like the odd one out, like, oh, no one really gets me, or like, I'm interested in witchy stuff and and cannabis, and, and I'm curious about sex, and I think pleasure feels awesome, and I feel like I'm alone. We are the weirdos. We, we are here for you. <laughs> this, this community has grown into such a beautiful collection of women who continue to interact with each other beyond the seven-week course. And I will be offering my next one in January. So right after the new year, again, visit canasexual.com. You'll see a link to uh, my online courses and intensives. Cool. Very cool, Ashley. Well, you are speaking our language. Excellent. <laughs> so we, we're excited to learn more ourselves. Um, well, thanks again. This has been such a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. Likewise. Ashley. She was so frank Mm -hmm. about her opinions and very informed. So I loved that. It gave me a lot to think about Mm -hmm. in terms of sexy homework. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. Have you thought about what you're going to do for sexy homework? Well, I think I'm going to do a little more research too, because I'm interested in the edibles. 
Why? What is it about? Because I don't like the smell of the smoke. I don't find it easy to just do that. I like to be able to take an edible maybe with dinner or something and then feel it later. I don't know. That's the part where you have to experiment and find out what the right dose is, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm kind of interested in that. I like the tinctures. Maybe I'll make a cocktail. Maybe the next cocktail will have to be a cannabis cocktail because you could leave it out too. Yeah, But you can infuse syrups with the cannabis. Interesting. I like the idea of ingesting it in various ways. I thought the suppository option was very interesting, or if not a suppository, just a topical. And the idea that if you are suffering vaginismus or something else, that a topical, which is not going to cause any sort of high, any sort of mind-altering, mood-altering effect, can still have physical benefit for you. Yeah. I wonder, though, how, how you work that in because you have to marinate you have to let it sit on your body for a yeah, little while. So you have to yeah. figure out a way to kind of put that on and let it like hang. Maybe yeah. that's a Netflix and Netflix and chill kind of moment. <laughs> Just <laughs> I'm going to put this on and then we're going to watch the movie. Yeah. I wonder if it has. I wonder um, how long it takes. I wonder if it has use for anal as well. I'm just brainstorming here, but like to relax the. Yeah. Just to. Sphincter. Yeah. I know that when we talked to April and Amy from Shameless Sex about anal, they were very much against any kind of numbing product, but right. I don't think that's what a topical cannabis product would do. I think it is more sort of heightening the receptors. So yeah. I don't know. It might be interesting to try if I get my hands on a, a topical product. But the other thing I thought that was really intriguing is the idea of creating a cannabis journal because I love me journals, all journals. I have journals all over my house. Well, this is going to take some time. Yeah. Right. So I liked the idea of finding three or four different products because it's overwhelming. Well, this is a really good idea, especially for me trying out different edibles because I'm I'm going to need to keep track of what was the dosage and how long did it take to figure out exactly the right thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I was joking about wine, but there's so many products out there. There's so many different brands out there. And I think writing down the effects as opposed to just being overwhelmed, like I've, you know, gone into these dispensaries and there's so many products there and you kind of make a random choice. Somebody gives you a recommendation or you look at the THC number or something, but you're just, uh-huh. It's like, closing your eyes and throwing darts and and just choosing whatever it lands on. So the idea of being a little bit more deliberate about it and a little bit more mindful about how it impacts my body so that I can find strains and products and and brands that I think make a, a good product. Gone are the days of the <laughs> stinky, weedy bag of of seeds and stems. Like I'm a grown ass woman and I would like to buy (laughs) high quality cannabis products because I'm worth it. That's right. Well, good luck because you can't buy it. I know it's hard. (laughs) That was one thing that I also discovered in my research. I'm like, okay, so now I put like eight things in my cart, but then it tells me I need a medical card to pick them up. And I'm like, I have a medical card. So I went and researched how you get a medical card. It's not that easy. No. I mean, it is kind of, they have teledocs, you know, yeah. but there are, there are cons to having a medical card too. What are some of the cons? Well, it's still federally right. illegal. Yeah. So you can't, for instance, own a firearm. Oh, if you have a medical marijuana yeah. card. And, oh, you can't ever vote. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what time is it? Am I screwing it's up? It's 420. What, 420? Oh, it's 420. It's 420. It's 420. That's crazy. That's right. Why does it mean that? I that learned from? I learned from a podcast what 420 means. What does it mean? So it's not the chemicals in marijuana. There was a bunch of teenagers in Southern California that had heard about a secret field where marijuana plants were growing and they would meet at a statue at school after school, which ended at 420 to go (laughs) out and search. It was like their fountain of youth, right? They're going out to search for this mythical pot fields where they could, you know, steal plants and get high. And so they'd be like 420. Yeah. 420. And then they would meet after school at a statue on campus and then they would go look for the, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's the story behind 420 (laughs) fun fact. (laughs) Okay. So finding it. Yeah. I do think that's a challenge. Can we go on a a field trip? What are states that have, no, no, no. What are states that have dispensaries? Let's go to Colorado. Let's just go to Colorado. I love Colorado. Yeah. Did you say Nevada? Nevada. I've been to dispensaries in Nevada and Colorado. We were just in Vegas. I know. We should have thought about it at that time and gone and got. I may or may not. (laughs) You may have have some. Visited a dispensary when I was in Did you get any gummy bears? I did not get any edibles because they're not my thing typically. But I think that we might be able to find a state that is driving distance from us where we can access a, a reputable dispensary. For recreational use. For recreational use. Okay. We'll yeah. have to do a little research for that. But it does seem silly that you can just get in your car and drive to a recreational dispensary. Although they do take your photo ID. Every time I've been to a dispensary, they take a picture of mm. my ID. So there's a record that I've consumed it. I mean, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Sam's like, you've been a very naughty girl. <laughs> well, Amazon knows everything about us. That's we might right. as well, you know. When is Amazon going to jump on the cannabis train? Oh. That would be, could you imagine like two day prime shipping on edibles? That's Sounds crazy. Amazing. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah, but there's a lot of fake stuff on Amazon. That's true. I they might did. worry a little bit about buying cannabis. I, no on doubt. Amazon. I think we're not there yet. Well, you can do curbside pickup at some of these dispensaries. You can order online. Yeah. So we'll put some links in the show notes to resources that might help you find a reputable dispensary near you and some Mm -hmm. information on getting medical marijuana cards, if that's something you're interested in. But yeah, this might be a little bit logistically challenging to find a reputable dispensary nearby, but I'm sure we can do it. Yeah. We've got that gumption. (laughs) We'll figure it out. And a reliable car. And a reliable car. (laughs) And a tank full of gas. So I am excited to try our sexy homework on this one. Okay, until then. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening. So there's a difference between active use and having a card. 
if you fail a drug test, and you know, lots of jobs do have drug tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even places where it's legal, employers can still test you and and say that you can't have it at all, use it at all. Sure. You should check your employee handbook before you weigh weigh the pros and cons and think about it carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Or start your own business. Live the American dream and no one will drug test you. Start a podcast. No one will drug test you. (laughs) Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah.